Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like the episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running. Second, if you are a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, we created an ebook for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All we charge is our admin costs to keep the show running. So, if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says get the ebook to grab yourself a copy today. So with that said, let's dive right in. Today we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Pablo Gonzalez with us all the way from the other side of the United States down there in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm super excited to have to have him on here because he works with JW Real Estate Capital and they basically started Built to Rent, which is a good strategy. So Pablo, I'm super excited to dive into this. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Gabe, I'm super pumped, man. I, uh, I'm somebody that greatly, greatly... Um understands the value of a stage and for you to share it with me means the world to me, man. So I want to add as much value as I can to you and to our friend that's listening right now. Let's get it. Perfect. And let's dive right in. I told you before we hopped on here, we'd like to start with stories because everyone has a good one and I'm sure you do too. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How did you get started in real estate in the first place? Oh man, I've been obsessed with the idea of community creation for business development for a really, really long time. and the first company that gave me a shot at this like harebrained idea of wanting to start a company around this is JWB real estate capital. Right. So um, moved to Jacksonville. I grew up in Miami. Right. And like the Miami real estate game is like sitting at the $500 blackjack Bellagio table. I'm sure. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm more of like the $10 crafts table. Right? <laughs> I feel and, that. Yeah. So, so I, you know, moving up to Jacksonville was a, was a really big opportunity for me. Uh, as far as just like opening up my world, right? Like I had reached a certain level in Miami. I wanted to, I wanted to test all this like stuff I believed about myself. Came up here, started this company to do this, and as I'm doing it, I connected with JWB, and they were at the time, you know, like like they're a hundred fifty million dollar company, hundred employees. They've been on the front page of the Wall Street Journal a couple of times. They won Best Places to Work awards every single year. I think five thousand lists the last nine years in a row. Uh, just won the Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year award for like the Southeast. Anyways, so tons of stuff, tons really cool. Like I, I like I'm like the biggest fan of all time, right? So, <laughs> so they they were at the time looking for how do you scale this message, right? Like how do you scale this? Like you can passively invest in rental properties, um, and this is how, right? Like they have it figured out. They've done this. They they operate 4,500 rental homes. They're completely vertically integrated from land acquisition to construction, to property management, to tenant marketing, to portfolio management. 
And um, and they were trying to figure out how to scale this message. And and to me, I had this harebrained idea of just like, man, investors really care about three things, right? They care about, is this interesting to me? Do I trust these people? And is it for me specifically? And I convinced Greg, who's one of the co-founders, that if we start this like show called the Not Your Average Investor Show is what we ended up calling it, um, around the people that they do business with, talking about the things that the people that they do business with care about, which, you know, if you're going to buy a rental property in Jacksonville, Florida, you care about real estate education, you care about other asset classes and how it fits in, you care about why Jacksonville isn't hairy knuckle Florida or any other place, you care about like the expertise of the people holding my money and you care about who else is doing it. Started the show early 2020. Um, It became this like thriving community by the end of 2020. We had you know, we generated about $40 million worth of investment from it. And like, we have these like diehards that come to every single show. It's a live show that we do. And somewhere around like early 2021, I'm like, you know what? Um, all this makes so much sense to me that I got to go all in. And I just started pushing all my chips into uh, into rental properties here in Jacksonville because I see the opportunity, man. Like living here, the 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 macro tailwinds of everything that's happening in the economy and generationally of of what people like to do. Uh, I think this place is Orange County, California, 40 years ago, where I've lived. I lived in Huntington Beach for a while. And um, and and I also see the pattern recognition of a, a city whose urban core has really not become a thing yet. Uh, I lived that in Miami, right? In the last 15 years, Miami's urban core sucked, and now it's sweet. And, you know, what happens around all of it, I, I see the pattern recognition. So I've I've just been pushing my chips all in from like the savings that I had. I, um, you know, I put, I put some of like my, my rainy day savings into it. I, I bought some Peloton stock right before the pandemic and sold it a year later. That bought all me right. out. That's good. That's uh, good. I, I've, I've even gone as far as cashing out an old IRA that I had and taking the penalty kind of like right at the beginning of this year. Cause I saw the writing on the wall of the stock market starting to take a dump. And I'm like, man, I'll take this penalty because I know the stock market is about to go down 25, 30%. And I rather lock in the gains of, you know, like lock in the gains of the last 15 years into a property. So I've just, I've, I've basically just like, so you gone are on, on all class, yeah. in. Yeah. True yeah, commitment in the have, Jacksonville I still have a rainy day fund. I still have a little bit of stocks, but man, I've, the way I call it, it, like I'm pulling forward my demands, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm pulling forward the, the level of real estate portfolio I want to build at some point. I'm trying to like stack it up right now because I know that. I know that it's going to compound and I know that in like four years, these three homes, I'm going to be able to pull equity out of it and buy two, three more, you know, like yep, stuff like yep, that. Yep. I'm all in. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And you know, that that sentiment has been echoed about Jacksonville across a number of episodes that we've done here on the um, the Real Estate Investing Club. It just seems like people are really excited about Jacksonville as a market. You know, Miami has been popping up. All of Florida really has been on a really good upswing recently, but specifically Jacksonville, there seems to be more of a fervor. Um, about that market, so it doesn't seem like you know you're alone in that analysis that Jacksonville is uh, is on the upswing. Dude, I moved I moved to Jacksonville four years ago for a combination of things, right? Like I I wanted to surf more often. I had this like harebrained idea that of like a way to do business development, and I wanted to prove my thesis in a city that I wasn't from. And I also recognize that sea level rise is going to affect South Florida yep. at some point. And I believe that it's going to, it's not going to be water world in the next 30 years, but infrastructure challenges and a bunch of things that are going to happen. are I've gonna seen, 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen articles about uh, specific like roads in Miami that are already or Orlando actually is. Was it Orlando or Miami? I don't even know. I don't know Florida very well, but it was one of those two cities and it was going underwater already. Like they're already having to build dikes um, oh. and prevent oh. that that increase in, in water level. Yeah, man. So and 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 specifically. Yeah. So I, I, I can go deep into the environmental issues there. I was the director of sustainability for a hospital developer before this. Right. So I there you it. go. You got background. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I moved up here. I moved up here, Gabe, thinking my cost of living is going to go down. My quality of life is going to go up because I'm going to surf more. But I thought I was going to pay a tax in economic opportunity and like the level of network that I can build here. Right. Like my network in Miami was sick. Um, and what I have found is that this city has completely over-delivered for me across everything and, and it's only getting started, right? Like (laughs) it's, it's right at this point that I really felt when I lived in Miami, I was in economic development in Miami. Um, and it's, and I can, I can recognize a pattern recognition of an old guard that is moving out because of one part dilution, one part aging out. And the new guard that's coming in that has unbelievable bones of a, of a city and amenities and things that happen inside the city uh, that, that are all about to really shine. Plus, it also happens to have a lower cost of living than everywhere else in the state that has anything close to like this type of like living standard, right? Like still yeah. below the below the national mean on cost of living, below the national mean on pricing of homes. Like I just, I just see all upside, man. And I'm, and I'm living, I'm living it and I'm seeing it, you know, like cognitive bias is a powerful thing. man. <laughs> Absolutely. So and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've already got a few converts here who's been listening, uh, ready to, <laughs> yeah, to put their dollars right. into Jacksonville. Me, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to pigeonhole too much just on the city of Jacksonville. It sounds awesome. And you know, where we put our dollars is one of the most important things. Because if you put your dollars into a uh, sinkhole out in Nebraska, you're not going to get the return that you're going to get from putting it into Jacksonville. Um, But I do want to unpack the beginning of your story because you did have a lot there that we can jump into. Um, You talked about community creation. I want to go into that. But before we go there with JWB, it sounds like you guys are focused exclusively on single family. Um, You know that we have a lot of commercial guys on here and I'm in commercial. Um, So I don't always hear the other side why, you know, I got started in single family. I totally get, you know, flips and everything, but why are you most excited about going into single family versus, um, you know, multifamily or other types of commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, you know, for Jacksonville specific, it's the, the stock here, right? Like they, these guys, these guys have figured out, I'll I'll talk about the, the asset class specifically as workforce housing. Right. Mm, like you yep. live in Seattle, man. I lived in Miami cities that get too expensive. expensive. What, what is, what is always like, what always has not enough supply and way too much demand. Yep. Right. For, uh, appropriately priced housing is the answer there. <laughs> workforce housing where the teacher lives, where the army veteran lives, where the, you know, like where, 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 where the person that works at the Amazon logistics center is going to live. Like that is, that is a classic, thing that I think is a necessity, man. It's at the bottom rung of like Maslow's hierarchy and it is a necessity, right? People are going to spend on food and they're going to spend on shelter. Um, So I love that asset class. And in Jacksonville, that asset class, where where it exists in a way that is within 15 minutes of over like 20,000 jobs uh, without violent crime in above average uh, rental pricing and below average, uh, above average demand and below average pricing, 
uh, exists in these like four clusters around the city center, right? And these guys have just like gone ham at this for the last 16 years and created this like unbelievable like data flywheel based on these 4,500 data points of same thing over and over again in these same neighborhoods and have reached like a network effect scale where they just have it super, super dialed in. So that that's what excites me. The the asset class and the dynamics of that asset class in a place that is rapidly appreciating, I know becomes more and more desirable. And I'm a business nerd, man. When I look at when I look at a company that is operating like a Silicon Valley startup, but they're a real estate company and they have like a data flywheel and they're very specific about doing one thing over and over again to eliminate variables and control the environment and vertically integrate. I just see it, man. That's yep. that's why I'm all in on that asset class. Totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and within within that asset, within single family, you guys really focus on built to rent. Uh, go into that strategy real quick. So it's not that they focus on built to rent. It's just that in in two thousand. So again, they operate like a they operate like a Silicon Valley startup. They have an R and D department. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like twenty twelve, their R and D department was like, you know what? All these infill lots, like we could buy a bunch of land and we can make the numbers work with ground up construction inside infill lots. And they cracked it within like a year and a half, right? So they just got into it before everybody else. Uh, and now what they've done is because they have this long term outlook they have been able to amass a whole bunch of infill lots and a whole bunch of land so that over the last couple of years, major shortage in buying a home that you can fix up and renovate and then rent out. While that was happening, they were able to keep building in these infill lots and offer new construction homes. So they they have a way to even out their inventory and their offer to their investors by dialing up the new construction when whenever there's a short whenever there's a shortage in properties and when there's properties to acquire they acquire properties and renovate them so they offer both it's just a it's an it's a it's a risk mitigation factor for their investors that generally purchase 3 to 4 homes with them being able to you know meet their investing plan yep um but specifically building so doing new construction with single family most people when they go into that when they have that mindset they're going into it to sell the property at the end. They don't really build it for with the intention of renting. So mm-hmm. what is how does the you know the design? Um, I'm not sure how much insight you have on this side, but how does the actual construction process change when your end goal is to actually rent the property versus uh, sell it on the the consumer market? it It changes in the sense that the every uh, decision, is made from the viewpoint of what is going to increase the ROI of this asset when renting it to someone, right? Yeah. So, like, so you're not you're not yeah. you're not dying about curb appeal. What you are what you are spending money on is like uh, surfaces that require don't require a lot of aren't going to break. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like you're, you're building for durability, man. You're building for a long time, not a fun time. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> So, so you're so they're doing that, and you know because they are also investors. They own 300 homes within these same neighborhoods, and you know they they make their money with lifetime value of people, and they got that data flywheel right. Like every dollar that they pour into that house, whether it's ground up or whether it's reno, it's made from a standpoint of like, is this going to decrease the is this going to increase the renewal rates and like the the time that the spe- the tenant spends in there is it going to decrease turn costs like that's how they think right so like 
that that's how it affects the new construction piece. They're, they they have these like things that they know how to replicate based on lot size, and they're completely, completely optimized for lowering maintenance and increasing livability. Yeah, making it more durable, making it, uh, I'm sure they, the where you place the houses is uh, is different. You know, I'm not on the construction side, so yeah. I don't want to put words out there that people are going to follow, but I'm sure, I'm sure they got it down to a science. Um, I did check the clock. You know, you've given us so much so far. Uh, We do need to move on soon. But before we do that, you mentioned that at the beginning that community creation is huge for you. It's one of your uh, your tenants here. So kind of go into how you went about, um, you know, with your podcast, with everything like that, how you went about creating that community and uh, and how it's benefited you from the investor side. Yeah, man. So it's the we do the podcast live, right? Like we optimize for folks that show up on the webinar. Right. And we are speaking directly to them. And we've we've very deliberately shown up twice a week, same time, you know, say on, on, on the same days and consistently share the stage as much as possible. Right. So it's like me and Greg and we know that we're driving four levels of relationship. We're driving the relationship with a guest. Right. Like we want to be guilty by association with this person. That's obviously valuable to everybody else. Um, we're driving a relationship with the audience acknowledging them, remembering their names, giving them nicknames. Like we do this roll call, right? Like they're going to hear their name on the stage. We deliberately drive a relationship between the guests and the audience. So when somebody is brave enough to ask a question, we we phrase the question like a warm introduction, man. You're a part of this thing. And when you're chatting in the chat and you're making friends, we're really driving those things. We're validating oh, people. So you, your podcasts are live and you have, yeah. uh, you have like feedback within the podcast. That's pretty cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I'm just a big believer that there is no, whether it's for an investor or any kind of product, right? But like specifically for investing, man, like there is no greater source of validation than a prospect overhearing two people that freaking love you talking about how much they love you, right? Like <laughs> That just works much better than me telling you, hey, man, this is my performer, <laughs> right? Um, so, so we have just figured out a way to continually do that, right? Like place people that are thinking about it with people that are all in, in the same room and by giving, right. By like being as generous as possible with everything that we can be information and sharing the stage and getting people to, to meet who they want to meet. And it's led to, you know, by the end of year one, we're having like a fan appreciation show. Um, now we're, we've had these like meetups around the country. We've had like multiple meetups in like Northern California, Seattle. We've had to Denver, Pittsburgh. We've had a couple here in Jacksonville where like 70 people have flown in just for a happy hour. Oh, that's um, fun. And a tour of downtown, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's just been wonderful, man. We we've and and we have like about like a, a crew of about 35 that come to every single show. And that crew of 35, like they are the reason why it's successful. Like everyone like, network, yeah. Now is either like a friend of theirs or when they came in, they talked to them or whatever, right? And that just continues to grow and it's become like a super family affair, man. It's been amazing. Cool, man. I love to hear that. Um, all right. So that does kind of wrap it up. We do need to go into the quick question round. I want to thank you for everything you've shared so far. Um, it always starts out with education, books. I'm a big bookie. So give me two recommendations. If, uh, if you'd rather do podcasts or YouTube, you can do that. But give me two book recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. Uh, yeah, man. General wisdom. This book that I have here over my shoulder. Uh, play, bigger. play bigger. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you ever heard of the concept of category design or have you ever heard the term category king? I haven't. No. So basically a category king is when somebody in a category, right? Like when a company becomes synonymous with the problem that they solve, they are the category, okay. right? Like, right, like band-aids. 
band-aids or uh ride sharing right or electric vehicles right like yep. you think of- <laughs> <Right. Yep. laughs> um, these, these guys studied how you do that and um and what happens is if you do it appropriately you you win 76 percent of the market cap right so oh, like wow. tesla is worth more than every car company put together because they're not a car company they're an electric vehicle category and they're 76 percent of it Yep. Um, so ever since reading this book, I just think about business different. I think about investing different, right? Like I'm not buying stocks unless you're going for a category design here. You know what I mean? Like yep. that, that, that type of thing. Um, and then as far as, uh, investing goes, I just, um, I connected with, uh, this guy, Dennis Shapiro. He was on our show and he wrote the alternative investing almanac. And I just, I love it, man. Like he basically just like picked 12 different alternative investing asset classes, and broke like down self storage, kind of like, mobile home parks, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That type of cool. stuff. And then, and then, and then just broke down kind of like the, the history, the mechanics, and then interviewed an expert on, on each one. So it's just like a great primer on all these different buckets that now exist uh, to like widen my acumen. So it's called the Alternative Investing Almanac by Dennis Shapiro. And this one's called Play Bigger uh, by, it's got four authors, man, but it's like, I, it's the only book it's I've ever one. read twice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. And that sounds like a um that sounds like a good book. One of my favorite things about real estate is that there are so many different ways to go about it. There's so many strategies, so many asset classes. Uh so kind of getting an overview sounds like something that uh I mean I'd be interested in. I'm gonna move us on though. We're going on to the next question, and this is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Pablo who had no experience in real estate, go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. <laughs> oh man. You don't have to invest in your backyard. Like if you can, if if preach it, brother. If you find if you find the right team that is incentivized to win when you win, then you can trust them to manage this asset class, and you don't have to play at the five hundred dollar Bellagio table. You can go play at the ten dollar craps table. Yep, yep. You can always invest out of state, out of market. You are not restricted to things you can see and touch. Although I'm going to say it is nice to be able to, you know, just go and check out your property. Um, but you're absolutely right. I've never even seen. Like I live in Jacksonville. I own three. I have not gone to see them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, this one is. Oops, I lost my spot. I do this too too often. You think I'd have better? There we go. Better tracking. There we go. So this one is your strengths. We are all gifted with something that we individually give to this world. Uh, so what is your Superman strength? What a wonderful question, bro. Um, I I genuinely fall in love with everyone I meet. I think my superpower is that I I am able to find something unique in everyone I meet that I become fascinated by, and I'm a great communicator. So it makes me like a world-class man. Perfect. You are an expert listener. I like it. And uh, I think I know what you're going to say on this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways. The United States, it is a very large place, a lot of square miles out there, which means there's a lot of opportunity to invest. What is the metro that you are most excited about investing in today? <laughs> yeah, I think you do know. Don't what I'm you gonna... dare say anything but Jacksonville. You've already... <laughs> Dude, I'm all, I'm all in. On that. Listen, we, we were just talking about this, right? Like, the urban core of Jacksonville is this like waterfront area, like close to a beach with beautiful historical buildings. And it's empty right now. And right now, like it's, it's not empty, right? It's, yeah. it's got like, it's got like 6,500, 7,000 residents. When an urban core hits oh, wow. 10,000 residents, that's when, that's when like Whole Foods comes in, right? Yeah, right. So it's, it's on, it's on the path to it. 
And what ends up happening when an urban core, right? Like when an urban core comes online, all the areas around it appreciate astronomically, which is what I've lived in Miami, right? So like this idea of Jacksonville having this like urban core that's within a year or two of hitting this like critical mass and how that's going to trickle down to everything else combined with the fact that this is like beachfront Orange County style living with awesome road trips and like weather that's just like San Diego and a bunch of population that's like looking to move out of cold climates because now you can live anywhere and work anywhere. Uh, man, I'm just real long on it, dude. And this is going to, uh, I might be showing my lack of, you know, United States uh, knowledge here, but is Jackson, no, Tallahassee is the capital of Florida, right? That's Not right. Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Yeah. I almost made a mistake there. Tallahassee um, but, is the capital of Florida and Miami is the capital of South America. And then there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, this one is tools. They form the foundation of every business, the backbone. So what is a tool that you could not live without? Man, I'm going to I'm gonna say a weird one for you, dude. I'm, so I'm obsessed with relationships. And I realized early on that uh, content is how you scale relationships, right? It is leverage for relationships. There is a video editing tool called Descript, like, like okay. description, but Descript, mm-hmm. that takes the video transcribes it and then you can edit like a document in a way and 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 be editing a video. So oh, cool. I, do, I do a lot of like taking calls and then be like that really smart thing you said, I'm going to clip it out and I'm going to post it on LinkedIn saying, dude, I just learned this from this guy and he was awesome and tag you. And it's a really great way to network. So uh, the script for me is a tool that I use a lot because it's Man. a video for idiots like me. I love it. You are next level on the social media thing. I got a podcast, but I definitely do not do uh, the, the, the Gary V level of uh, promotion there. So you're, you're next level. Love to hear it. <laughs> I'm just trying to be like Gary V, man. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you can buy the, the dolphins. That could be your okay. goal. Uh, oh. Moving on. This one is the very, uh, very last question. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to reach out. What is yeah. the best way for them to get in contact with you? Go to jwbmakesiteasy.com, right? You're going to get the whole like rundown on Jacksonville and you'll find out about like our Not Your Average Investor show. Like come be part of the community. It's going to be awesome. So go to jwb jwbmakesiteasy.com. You're going to find out about everything that I was talking about. And you can't miss me. If you're in the JWB universe, I'm like their Mickey Mouse, right? Like I'm like a master. <laughs> and, and I desperately want to be your friend. Awesome. I love it. So that's jwbmakesiteasy.com. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to, to Pablo and the rest of the JWB crew. Gabe, can I say one more thing, man? Shoot it out. You clearly put a lot of love into this. So if you are listening on this podcast right now and you haven't like left like a quick review or you've never shared like an episode of Gabe's to somebody else, man, as a podcaster, it's such a, it's such a mensch move. Like just help a brother out, just go quick five-star review. You don't even have to write anything. If you write something even better, if you want to take a screenshot and post on social media, do that. But like help Gabe out. Like, I think this is uh, he deserves it, man. Man's working hard. At it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That is absolutely true. Reviews are the best way to support any podcast. Uh, so we do appreciate that. Um, so again, I will put that JWB makes it easy in the show notes. If you guys want to reach out, click a little more, it'll pull down the full description and in there you can click through to say hi to Pablo and that wraps it up. So Pablo, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. 
All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form, fill that out, and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.